right, so welcome to the Bearsy Podcast for anyone that's watching or listening to this. This is episode number 33, and I have um, a reoccurring guest, my good friend Virgo from, I guess your YouTube channel is called Psychedelic Actualization. Correct. And we first ch- we first chatted on the podcast on episode 18, which was roughly a year ago. And our podcast was super fun. I had like an amazing time and I had to have you back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot has happened since then in my life and probably in yours too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I remember you were talking about on your channel that you were leaving uh, YouTube for a while. You're going on this like super wild trip. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you pre-recorded a bunch of videos right while you were gone and then you had like a, uh, a video when you came back and i was like <laughs> instead of watching it i wanted just like to, to talk to you in real time about that trip because yeah. that must have been amazing right like i want to know like where did you where you went how uh-huh. how like how was it like what, what was the whole idea behind this like massive trip yeah it was a huge trip so the last time we talked i was like in a new job kind of of mine in sales and just like a month or two later i was just in that job for three months or something my friend was like ah i want to go to portugal you want to come with me and i'm like ah dude i got this new job but sounds it it resonates yeah for sure why not so i I quit the job and we we went on our trip from germany to portugal and we stopped by by a rainbow gathering in in spain in the mountains of, of northern spain it was really, really beautiful location. You had to like from the last little village that was like three hours from from the last city. You had to move like by by foot three hours to a little location inside of a valley inside the mountains. Beautiful location. So we stopped by there, and it was a beautiful gathering. And I met two really, really beautiful people there that I really, really connected with. And one was kind of like a a friend and a mentor. And when he told me about his journeys with, for example, psychedelics and what he's doing in his life and his vision for his life, I was like, I'm going to go with that guy. I got to travel with that. I like, I got to learn from him. And, and so we kind of like, um, had this idea in our mind that we want to travel together. But then we always split again and and I went on with my other friend to Portugal. So I always split again. We were like, oh, we're going to see each other in, f- in a few weeks, maybe, or a month or whatever. And I went with my other friend to Portugal. We were there at the beaches, Algarve, and then we went back to Spain. We were visiting some hippie villages and hippie beaches. <laughs> and it was a really beautiful time meeting a lot of really, really beautiful people. And then... Oh, maybe for the viewers or listeners who don't know what a rainbow gathering is. Do you know what it is? No. A rainbow gathering is like, it's difficult to describe, but I like to describe it as like just a bunch of different people of all kinds meeting in the middle of nature. Just meeting up. It's not like a real structured festival or structured um, event, but it's just like, it's called the rainbow family. So it's just like a bunch of traveling friends that are meeting up all around the world in, in nature. And there are like a few, no rules at all, but a few traditions um, that, that are like no alcohol, no electronics, um, no, I don't know, no shoes on the main fire or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's really beautiful because there are like so many beautiful people that know so much and 
so many different people too. So there are lo like the, those, those traveling homeless people with just a little bit of money. There are, <laughs> but there are also doctors that are coming and like just spending time together. And two times a day, there's there's a big meal together. It gets cooked for everybody, and it's for free. It's just like on on a donation oh, basis. Wow. So it's it's a nice concept. It's really beautiful. Of course, it's not free from problems or troubles like I don't know. There are a few topics like sometimes journalists get to know about it and then the media comes with with the electronics and cameras and um, like just unkind behavior, like how to deal with these problems in these social environments with no rules at all. So it's it's really interesting. And in Spain, there was a little one w which I went to, um, like with 200 people. So it was a nice size. You kind of get to know everybody. You kind of see familiar faces. And once a year, there's a, a world gathering and a European gathering. And the European gathering is when there are no gatherings elsewhere in Europe, but there's just one in, in Europe. And everybody was like coming to France. And France was the next month when I was in Spain. The next month, there was a gathering, this huge um, European gathering in, in France. And so we everybody we met in in portugal and spain everybody was like yeah of course i'm going there i'm going there so we, <laughs> we were building kind of a caravan to that huge gathering and we arrived there a month later in the pyrenees in in france 1900 meters high in the mountains really wow. cold in the middle of summer but really 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 cold and yeah it was a beautiful location and we were i was there from the beginning and there were like 100 people and then every every meal, like every day, there were a hundred, two hundred more, two hundred more, two hundred more. So wow. there were a bunch of people in the middle of nature. It was incredible. This was like also for me the first time. I was like, "What is this kind of gathering? Like, where does it come from? What are those people doing here? What is this this concept or this philosophy about? Because it's really nice without electronics, just human to human connection. A lot of workshops, people that are." masters in meditation teach meditation you you got to learn yoga you got to learn whatever you want to and there's just like this exchange of human value and it's really nice and full moon there's like a full moon ceremony kind of and it was the peak of this gathering and it was insane so just be before right before full moon we were like a thousand people or something and then on the full moon night everybody kind of arrived and we were some some people kind of counted the the people there and and the guesswork is like we were 4500 people gathering oh, around shit. with this the biggest fire i have ever seen in my life like a, a really nice structured fire that were like that was like 20 meters high or something with like trees trunks of trees were built and then this this main fire is going on um the whole month so a gathering is just like one month happening in a place and you can go and arrive there and go whatever whenever you want but it's there like for a full moon cycle so and full moon is like the the celebration and then this this huge fire with like a lot of drums and even like a lot of talented musicians were there so it was like the craziest concert live concert i've ever seen um for free <laughs> it was like 20 guys with like trumpets and saxophones playing um while there was a fire show going on or something it was it was just insanity but really beautiful 
And that's where I met this guy again that I met in Spain before. This, this, the same guy. Yeah, the same guy, the crazy guy that, that uh, knows a lot about psychedelics and I don't know how to, how to um, make changa or DMT or like has gone far out and was just like resonating also on, on a human to human connection. So that's where we met again. And on this gathering in, in France, we decided to go to Brazil together. So he was like, he's like traveling for 10 years now or something since he was 20 or 21. Wow. He left his home and was traveling all around the world. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to come with you. So, so my plan originally was to go to Peru for, I don't know, three or four years. But then the, the pandemic hit, Corona came and... I don't know what I just didn't feel like going alone to this restricted country with whatever rules applied at this moment. But he was like, oh, no, I've been traveling the whole time. Everything is fine. We're going to get through everything. It's just like, don't don't worry. I'm like, OK, I'm going to trust you. you. You know, right? So we booked the flight to Brazil. And um, yeah, two weeks later, I just went to Germany for a week to get my my traveling uh, pass and my visa. Uh, visa, yeah. And then we went, I went to Spain where I met him again and we flew to to Sao Paulo and then to, we went to Rio de Janeiro. And that's where the, the travel outside of Europe began. So Spain, Portugal, France was like two or three months. And then there were like another four, five months, something in South America and Mexico. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Holy. Yeah. That sounds like a once in a lifetime trip <laughs> that you'll never you'll never forget. That sounds like an amazing life experience. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it's interesting. And also what this traveling around did to me and what insights I gained from it was really amazing um because when i went to brazil i went with a with an intention right i i like to have an intention in mind have my vision in mind and go go there for a reason for example i wanted to go because i wanted to go to peru because i wanted to do an ayahuasca retreat with a shaman so because that's like like in the context of my life purpose of, of where i want to to go where it's leading me and this guy knew so much about psychedelics and about all these experiences. I was like, okay, I'm going to travel with him and see what he's doing in his life. So we went to Brazil and the reason he also and me then went to Brazil was to make a little vacation. And it's so interesting to observe that. We were in Rio de Janeiro, beautiful city, had some nice experiences. And we were like doing this kind of sightseeing. It's like, oh, there's a Jesus. Okay, nice. Oh, there's this. Okay, nice. And then afterwards we were traveling to a little island, beautiful, paradisical beaches, like beautiful, beautiful nature. And we're laying there drinking our coconuts and we're both like, <laughs> okay, nice. This is nice. Yeah. And then a day later we were like, I don't know, should, should we go? Like we have a mission like to do in the jungle. We're going to, we're going to get to work. Right. <laughs> and that's what we did. So we were having the constantly the feeling of like uh this resting in a vacation is not it it's like 
doing living your life with with a kind of vision and a meaning and working towards it that is what gives me the fulfillment because i also decided not to take my camera with me and not to film anything so i had didn't have that part of of my uh work kind of that i had that i could focus on and then yeah there was this kind of feeling of of like this this emptiness this like not being fulfilled with this paradise all around me because there's nothing to do because i wanted something to do i wanted to have this intention that i went to the travel with being fulfilled and going towards that so we went on our journey through brazil for a month we were in the mountains which were real, which was really nice and a little um kind of alternative town named Valle do Capao in the Diamantinas Chap Chapatinas I don't know the name but <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was beautiful that was a, a a nice highlight we got lost in the mountains too on on a really high 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 dose on LSD which oh, was Jesus kind of dangerous because oh. I, I kind of slowly realized <laughs> that this guy that I was traveling with he's he's a crazy guy his mind works differently so so he gets into a lot of dangerous situations but it was interesting to observe that and I had to kind of learn for myself to trust that he's guided and protected by god because nothing is ever gonna, gonna happen to him i had to learn that first i was like he's he was getting into <laughs> insanely dangerous situations i was like this guy is crazy he's gonna die from there right and then all of a sudden in the last moments he's always coming back and everything's fine it's like it's so funny but yeah we um actually we wanted to search for the ayahuasca in brazil but that's not what we did because he had a kind of a friend in Peru, kind of vol volunteering in an ayahuasca center there. And we're like, oh, that's nice. How convenient. We're going to go there too. So we decided to take a boat from Brazil to Peru, nine days through the Amazon on a, on a little boat. Oh, my God. And he was like, oh, all my friends told me this. This sounds so romantic. It's like nine days on a boat through the Amazon, crossing the Amazon with our own hammocks on this boat. I was like, oh, sounds nice. Let's do it. So we did it. And then we were like on this loud little stinky boat with these indigenous people on it. <laughs> oh my Close God. together, being stuck what? on a boat for nine days. And it was just insanely boring without internet connection. Without, awful. It's awful. It was awful. I mean, it was also nice, but it was also... Uh, kind of awful but yeah that's what we did on the border to Peru we realized uh, oh it's the border is closed like land and sea borders for Peru are closed because of COVID and we're like okay but we booked our ayahuasca retreat in Peru so we're gonna get in somehow so we sneaked into the boat and went to Peru for a month illegally Oh my god. Which was kind oh of exciting, crazy. Are you adrenaline. serious? <laughs> um, <sighs> so we were in Peru for a month um, in Iquitos. And that's where we did a 14-day ayahuasca retreat in the jungle. Which was a really interesting experience. Uh, maybe I can talk a little bit later about that. I haven't even talked about it on my channel, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna do a whole oh a whole playlist God. to that because wow. it's really 
long story and it was a yeah 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 uh one experience oh God, in particular so was was quite insane and kind of even yeah terrifying and traumatizing for me so that happened uh we were done with our ayahuasca retreat went back to brazil to book a flight from colombia to mexico <laughs> because we were not allowed to fly from peru because we we had no no visa for peru <laughs> But Colombia was open. Oh my god. <laughs> so we did that and then we went to Mexico. And he is actually from Mexico, so in Mexico everything was kind of more smoothly because he had his car and a lot of friends that he knew in Mexico. And oh, okay, that's then good. we we were traveling three months in Mexico with like this World Rainbow Gathering at the end that was happening in December in Mexico, December twenty twenty one. Um, and that was like the ending after I was just uh, a, a month longer there in a little town with all with a couple of friends and then I went back to to Germany so yeah that was my traveling uh, eight months in total my first kind of big travel around and yeah a lot of interesting insights because I really felt like that I was missing something that I didn't take my camera with me to kind of capture something and, and put it out on my channel or something uh, that was quite quite interesting also on these paradisical beautiful places I, I felt like this yeah it's so it's wow. not it was nice but also I felt like I, I wanted to progress on my journey of realizing my life purpose and the vision and I felt like I could do it I don't know faster like with more intention you know like I, I didn't have a plan of where to go or where I was going I was just going with the flow and that was nice too but uh, mm -hmm. like from now on I think when I will be traveling I want to have like intentions of places where to go and what to do that can me bring me closer because there were these time periods where I was learning a lot for example the ayahuasca retreat for example um, learning to make the medicine like that is that is valuable for me on my path and that was that were these these valuable experiences wow that's amazing dude oh my i didn't know it was eight months i thought it was like <laughs> five months like maybe six but eight yeah like, you were gone for uh -huh. two-thirds of the year basically on like a life journey travel mission mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it like you, you know you know what i like about you though like with the first time i met you is that you you have this sort of like open-mindedness to the world and you also you're not scared to look for happiness or look for fulfillment mm -hmm. or search for your life meaning right and a lot of people when you when you talk about these type of things they think oh that's like in the woohoo bullshit mm -hmm. mystical world right they're like, what do you mean you're searching for fulfill fulfillment or happiness? But like, mm. I always felt like you're always this dude that's very open-minded when it comes to all kinds of as things and aspects mm. in your life. And when I heard that you're going on this trip, <clears throat> I was like, man, that's perfect for Virgo. Like <laughs> that, that's, that sounds like something yeah. you would do. And also yeah. ending up in like the Amazon, I guess you would mm -hmm. say, doing an ayahuasca ayahuasca mm -hmm. ceremony like oh my gosh that must have been amazing yeah it was it was definitely amazing but um <laughs> it was also packed with the 
uh, good dose of reality, of harsh reality, you know? Mm. Well, that thing where you're on the boat and you don't have internet, mm -hmm. it, it makes you, it gives you perspective, right? For how good we have it in mm. the developed world, in developed countries. Yeah. You know, we have food and safety and cell phones. Yeah. Like, it, life is so easy, it's right? It's crazy. But not until you're stuck on a boat for <laughs> nine days and you realize that, right? Yeah, not, not just even that experience, but also like witnessing the lives of the people in, in these poor countries. Like, how they're... they're way of living and their way of making a living is it's it's quite brutal and sometimes how these indigenous people like the, the maya people in uh, in mexico how they are suppressed from the government and everything is kind of taken for them and that kind of develops a really toxic behavior from them where they were like sending the kids on the streets just to sell something or they're gonna stop you on the road just that you give them food so it's it's wow it's it was really interesting to observe but also really valuable really eye-opening to see like oh these people live in these little boxes built from a little just wooden planks <laughs> just packed together and that is it but it's it also has something to it because especially in mexico they kind of have this they have, a, and in Brazil too, they have a different mentality, like as a culture, they have a different mentality of a little, being a little bit more easy, being a little bit more down to earth, like not so stressed and not so on point, but but just like a little bit more relaxed and easygoing and making a music and not being on point. And <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, it has upsides and downsides to it. Yeah, for sure. I always think about like those countries that we, from our perspective, it looks like they have it tough. Like they're living in like these wooden shacks mm -hmm. and they're, they're like having a tough way to make a living. But at the same time, I feel like those type of people and cultures, they don't go through these social anxieties that we have, mm -hmm. like with worrying about social media and worrying about our Instagram statuses and likes mm -hmm. and all this, like we have all these stupid artificial problems that yeah. cause us like so much problems with our mental health that I feel like a lot of these other communities and cultures that you saw on your trip, you know, they don't even have any of that type of stuff. So I feel like there's like a give and a take, mm -hmm. right? Like the technology and stuff is good, but it also comes with really bad problems yeah. and side effects at the same time. right? Exactly. Yeah, and some some of these people were so happy and fulfilled just in in their way of of living and surviving, and some some were not, but uh, most of them I found were like quite content with their way of living, of their way of making a living, not being uh, afraid or yeah, just doing the work they have to do to survive, to provide for their family, and that's just what they do. Like it's different dimension of problems we we just have different problems we we get more into our heads and we have these luxury problems of we we the, the survival is taken care of and now we can move on to other problems and for a lot of people mm -hmm. this kind of develops into into really unnecessary stupid problems like the instagram likes for example but also if the survival is taken care of like in our first world countries we have the opportunity to focus on on great visions, on on nice problems that we can solve to make the world a little bit better. 
it's because we don't have to put so much effort and energy and attention into taking care of our survival so yeah everything mm -hmm. positive and negatives <laughs> yeah for sure like even for me like right now complaining about like having a house and what color am i going to paint the wall <laughs> yeah exactly like we were just painting <laughs> yeah this past week i'm like oh i hate these green walls you got to paint it like mm -hmm. That's the definition of first yeah. world problems is getting anxiety over the color of your stupid wall, <laughs> right? Like it, when you put that into perspective in the grand scheme yes. of things, it seems so stupid yes. to worry about something like that. That's so in, inconsequential, right? When it comes to like your, your life and your happiness and all, and all this type of stuff. But I feel like, again, it's like this perspective mm -hmm. is what you need and you need and you can only see that when you go out and experience mm -hmm. new things and, and see all, all these other like beautiful countries and cultures that you saw and it's crazy because i don't think i've been to any of the countries that you listed mm -hmm. like portugal france peru brazil oh no mexico i went to mexico <clears throat> did i no i didn't <laughs> no, i never went to mexico I, went, I never went to any of those countries that you said so it's like brand new experiences, even from my from my point yeah. of view, just listening to your story. Yeah. It's, it's it's definitely eye opening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, some little like in Mexico and some regions, they don't even have like clear, clean water. I mean, we can just sometimes oh. go to a tab and drink it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Now in one place in one city, for example, I was told, oh, you're going to be careful. Please don't brush your teeth with that tap water because you're going to get sick. <laughs> I was like, what? Really? This is insane. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you're going to wait like a few days to get your water delivered because they're just like so chilled out in, in their way of, of <laughs> providing. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's crazy. So you couldn't even brush your teeth with the tap water. Just like the water, yeah. the residue on the toothbrush I, was enough for you to get sick. I don't know. I mean, I did, and I yeah, I got sick too, but <laughs> not not too bad. But a couple of friends of mine got got sick really really bad, like with a lot of parasites and something. And uh, oh my hmm. gosh, <laughs> did did you do a lot of like? I'm assuming you you saved up a ton of money beforehand. But did you do did you do any like? um medical injections like ducarol like travelers prescription medication no. like, did you do any of that type of stuff before I you did went nothing nothing, nothing? No. oh my god <laughs> i did nothing what if you got like malaria or something uh, that's what i <laughs> i didn't care about that. i didn't have time for that <laughs> oh i was god. in france and then two weeks later i gotta go to to spain to fly to brazil <laughs> <laughs> but also oh what, what gave me a little bit of uh, reassurance was, was at these gatherings I met some similar minded crazy people who were like ah oh, yeah I lived in Ecuador for four years and um, if you're gonna get something like that in the jungle they know they have medicine they have plants for that <laughs> don't care about it <laughs> oh my gosh wow that's so crazy are you serious <laughs> I am yeah <laughs> Because a couple of years ago when I went to Asia, um, I, I guess specifically it's because I went to Thailand. Like mm -hmm. Thailand has like that very hot, humid jungle type of climate. Mm -hmm. And you needed to take like um, Ducarol, uh, travelers, like the diarrhea medication. Mm -hmm. And then there was like typhoid medication and malaria. Like there's all these things that you can mm -hmm. get. I have to take all these prescription drugs just to go to the country. But I'm like, 
And you, you're just like, YOLO, I'm good. My body will handle it. I'm going to be taken care of. I mean, I wouldn't advise anybody to do that. It, it, it is kind of risky to do that and to, to live like that. But Dude, that sounds insane. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm dying right now. That's, oh my. You're brave, bro. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So which, um, which country was... Uh, your favorite i guess i would say like well, which was your, like the one that you would love to go back to uh i think if i would choose one it would be mexico but um I really wouldn't, i wouldn't leave, like even i i didn't even think of being mexico being so nice i was like i never planned to go to mexico ne- mexico is like really far down on my list of of like places i wanted to travel to but um the insight into the culture and into just like the land I got from my friend who who came from Mexico, who's living in Mexico was like really nice because we went to all those secret places, secret waterfalls. And like he he just knew and Uh, was like the perfect guide for me to, for Mexico. So Mexico really was really amazing. And in Brazil and Peru, we were like, just like exploring together. I mean, in Peru, I was just like in this one place in Iquitos. So I cannot say, a lot about Peru but um, what I can say is for me I think it's not just about the country uh, because I had a, a really nice life-changing valuable insight on my travels um, of like a place I want to settle down and live because uh, when I was leaving Germany I was like I'm gonna be on the outlook. I mean, I'm I'm quite young. I'm I'm not settling down yet, but uh, I'm gonna be on an outlook of a place where I want to spend the rest of my life, like as a base, as a as a really as a place to live. And so every place and every city we went to, I was like, could I imagine living here for the rest of my life? And I was having this question in mind for every place I was going to, and. Um, what I discovered for myself was two places in particular were like standing out as extremely standing out in a, in a really positive way. And uh, that was like Valle do Capao, this little uh, alternative town in the middle of the mountains of Brazil and Masunte in, in Oaxaca in Mexico on the beach on the Pacific side, I guess. Um, so those two places really i I really fell in love with them because there was like it was not just about the beautiful nature around but it what i discovered is it was like the the vibe of the place and of the people that were there so in masunta for example there were just a bunch of like-minded people it's it was full of travelers it was full of travelers that that settled down there it was um full of like-minded people that were also into spirituality. So there were a lot of yoga retreats. There's kind of every day there's something going on. If it's a reggae party or ecstatic dance or like walking on a slack line or making jam sessions every, every evening on the beach while watching the most beautiful sunsets on earth and 365 days a year 35 degrees and sunshine so those were like things that resonated with me and i was like for those two places it was like the the value of the people that were there and the just the place in general and the energy of the place 
that was like, oh yeah, I could, I could imagine settling down here. I could imagine spending the rest of my life in this place. And so that's kind of my plan for traveling when I will be traveling in the future. I was like, oh, I'm going to search for those places because those big cities, I don't really resonate with those big cities or yeah. Yeah. I mean, being completely in nature is also nice, but what I found is like these little towns just with a few hundred people, maybe, um, or few, like the, two of the, this one town was just like two streets and that was it. Basically <laughs> there were like a little, two, two, two main streets. <laughs> and that's where, where you suit, where you meet everybody because it's so little, it's, it's, it's not a real community, but it's a sense of community that was kind of created by how the place is structured because there's this one place everybody goes to to see the sunset and so even though i was just there for a couple of weeks you see familiar faces and you kind of everybody gets to know each other and it's a sense of connection and community between the people that are spending time in this place and that was so nice because it was everybody was such a nice person and such an interesting and deep and um, yeah, just a really loving person. So that's what I want to do for the future travels. I want to like seek out more of those places that I know now I love and that I want to settle down in. And then I got to explore a bunch of those, maybe in Thailand, India, New Zealand, Hawaii or whatever, and see what resonates most and then settle down and build a base in one of those places. Wow. Because I, I don't want to, I, I don't think I want to spend the rest of my life in, in Germany because it's cold <laughs> most of the time. Oh, dude, same thing here in, in Toronto. It's freaking yeah. freezing. The weather's horrible for like what? <laughs> eight months of mm -hmm. the year? Seven yeah. months? Like the weather's terrible. We get like a super hot two month summer, mm -hmm. two and a half month summer, and then that's pretty much it. Yeah. But I, I know, I know how, what you mean about, um, <clears throat> about, about Germany because like the weather yeah. is, is fairly simple like it's not simple similar mm -hmm. and I, I've been to um, Germany uh, a couple times in the past and my, my father he's uh, he's European mm -hmm. so I, I've been to Italy Austria Germany Switzerland like that whole that whole area and it, it, it's funny because I think I've talked to three or four different people on my podcast from Germany mm -hmm. and there's always like this I don't know what it is, this ambition to see the world and ambition to do stuff outside of Germany. And, and I'm like, is Germany like too good of a place to be in or is it just boring or you're just like, it's way too cold? Like, wh why, why do I keep seeing this like reoccurring <laughs> pattern of people from Germany wanting to branch out into the world? I mean, it's. <laughs> I think it's just a, a question of personal preference. I mean, everybody is different. Some people love it here in Germany. Yeah. And I got to say, Germany is beautiful. Like, um, I also talk to a lot of friends here and a lot of Germans and a lot have this kind of dream of traveling the world and breaking out and leaving Germany. But I'm like, did you even go travel in Germany? And I was like, no, why? Why should I? I was exactly, like, yeah. it's insane. When I started to just look into my environment, just like these little forests I've got in, in these little towns here in Germany or into the mountains or, I mean, there are 
so many beautiful places, I think, in every country of the world. And it's just a matter of personal preference and also perspective. I could, I could see like why people appreciate having four seasons. It's, it's super nice to have winter and then the winter is cold and then now spring is over kind of and spring is like so beautiful, everything's blossoming, everything is green, the, the air is fresh but it's also nice and warm, summer is hot, autumn, it, it, it has a beautiful vibe to it, the, the four seasons and also beautiful places here in Germany so nothing wrong with mm -hmm. Germany but for me personally I have the personal, personal preference of sun <laughs> chasing the sun being in a warm nice yeah. place not having to wear so much clothes because i i just like to sweat more than i i like to freeze <laughs> so yeah i know what you mean because i have the same issue in canada right it's like I, I appreciate the seasons like you said because when summer comes I remember those negative 20 degrees Celsius days where homeless people are dying on the sidewalk because mm. it's, it's bone chilling cold. Like, I remember mm. those cold days. So I appreciate the summer more and I enjoy the spring mm. and I enjoy the fall. But the, the period in which you have the cold weather, it's just too long. <laughs> like it's, it just lasts yeah. too long, right? I wish there was more like balance. Mm. And I know how you say you're, you're traveling with the intention of finding a home base. Where for me, it's, it's kind of like the opposite. I've found my home base here in Canada and I, like in a city um, that I moved to. Like I just moved like a couple weeks ago. But I found like my city that I want to stay in and I want to live in. But for me, traveling is I want to find those places that I can go to that are super warm, super nice during those periods in the winter mm -hmm. so I can like reduce yeah. that, that winter stretch right because it's just it's too yeah. long bro. it's just and like you said something about the sun it, it makes you uh -huh. happy right you, you feel yeah. better you wake up like energized mm -hmm. and there's something about that just being in nature and being in mm -hmm. like sunlight it, i feel like it's just good for for the human body it. and soul <laughs> yeah i love it um yeah that's also an option for me i think for for the next foreseeing future is like Traveling in the winter time, being here in the summertime, but I mean, I went from September to till January, February um, to South America, and when I was coming back, I was like, ah, oh, it's almost February. It's gonna be warm. It's gonna be spring in March or April or May. It was freezing cold till the end of April here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, cold uh, for me. Yeah, it's it was, not like it minus twenty here. degrees, but it's uh, I don't know, even ten degrees is too cold for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it, it's tough, man. But like, with the whole traveling thing, and I know that um, I've been following like your your YouTube channel for a while, and like the growth of your community and all this mm -hmm. stuff. But I was wondering, is your dream or ambition of like growing the YouTube channel and so you can achieve this status of being like a digital nomad so that you can live and you can travel. Is this like part of your whole um, intention behind your channel? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not 100% clear on that because I've got a different, a couple of different feelings. So the intention of starting the channel was just like to start something. I had this like kind of idea or vision, which I still have, which is 
I don't know how far into the future, but of like having and leading my own psychedelic retreat center with good preparation, ceremonies of all kinds of psychedelics and integration and also workshops and whatever. That is a huge, huge, huge vision. Or like uh, kind of being being a shaman, being a kind of facilitator for these healing healing medicines. So that is that is the path I want to go down. Uh, and I have doubts about it, <laughs> which which I come to um, when we speak about my, my ayahuasca retreat, maybe. Um, but that's the vision. And the, I started to, the channel just to document my journey of following and realizing that vision. And so now we, we kind of have a little community there. I mean, 2000 subscribers. It's, it's insane for me how fast this this it yeah, grows. Man, like, it's go, it's going yeah, quick. I mean, last time we, we spoke, I don't know how much subscribers did I have? Like 500, 700, maybe. So not. Yeah, you had a couple, you had a yeah. couple hundred, I think. Yeah. So, give or take something but not like even that. A thousand. I can't, I can't and then remember. when I was on the ayahuasca retreat in October, we reached a thousand and now we reached 2000. So it goes fast. It's, uh, it's nice that it's resonating. And of course I'm also putting, um, the kind of intention into it of growing it because I, I want to see it grow, you know? And so I study about YouTube and the mechanisms of the algorithm and how to, uh, hook people in and like all these kinds of, of stuff. So of course I'm doing that. And it is, so the main vision is not for me to have the status of a, of a digital nomad. That's not what it's about. For me, the intention behind it was to start documenting the journey of my life purpose. And now as it develops, um, this kind of channel became part of the vision kind of for, for this uh, psychedelic retreat center and this community and the connections that were, were created from that are just so amazing that I wanted to implement that into the vision and just like use it as a platform for education, for just sharing my insights and my knowledge and helping people along their way. So the main focus now is just like providing, 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 just giving value, trying to help people, trying to open the minds of people, trying to let them see how it is to have like a DMT ceremony life or whatever it is, right? Like sharing my experiences in the, in the hope that some, somebody can take a little bit of value for their, for their own life. So that is the, the main focus now, just like providing value and, and like realizing <coughs> the vision and, uh, yeah, just like educating people and helping people in their psychedelic, um, actualization like their psychedelic preparation ceremonies integration uh, their spiritual development their self-realization just like whatever i'm interested in i'm going to share it and just like living an authentic and fulfilling life that's what i say in every every one of my videos that's what what my life is about and that's what i can kind of share or what i try to share and what i try to help people with and then the third part is like oh okay and I could maybe someday make some money from it so I can maybe even live from it. And I had a really uh, interesting conversation about that with Curtis Childs from the channel of the left eye it was like the first interview I did uh, because one of his members of his team came to me and he was like, Oh, you want to do a podcast with Curtis? And I was like, 
yeah, sure, why not? It's like from this Swedenborg Foundation. I was like, okay, why not? And he's doing a podcast with a lot of people. And I was talking to him about it, like uh, of this issue of um, realizing my life purpose, not be, but um, not yet being able to provide for myself um, from my life purpose because I got to go to work now and work in a nine to five jobs. I'm beg, uh, working in a restaurant as a waiter right now. So that's what I do just just to, to survive, basically. And he was like um, giving me a, a really interesting insight about that. He was like, when you go all in to your life purpose and you give so much that you receive back the money from the value that you give and you kind of are able to quit your nine to five jobs to focus fully on providing value for the vision, then that is the most, that is not a selfish thing, but that is the most selfless thing you can do because you do it for the overall good of everybody. So you receiving money to survive for the work that you're going, uh, that you're putting out is just helping you to have more free time and energy and space to put out more in attention into that, more put out more value into the world selflessly, like to, to help other people and, and be of service. And, and that was like, a moment where it clicked to me it's like ah right i don't have to feel bad about it of like now building something up and i don't know how long it's gonna take i don't care how long it's gonna take of course i try to focus and and um build ways of, of providing for myself i mean till today i, I haven't made a, a cent uh or a euro with with youtube or or any of that stuff but i'm uh, i mean that is a possibility which is kind of nice which allows me then to travel again to to the Amazon to speak with the shamans to interview them maybe even with the camera to provide more value to get deeper insights to journey deeper within myself so I can share deeper insights and knowledge with the world mm, I like that see you have like I talk I talk about this I topic and idea with a lot of other content creators especially on this podcast because I'm always looking if the intent is coming from a good place. Like, are you doing the work just for numbers, for subscribers or for metrics, or are you doing it because you love it? Or are you doing it because you want to help people or you want to provide value to people? And there was like this really interesting idea I heard once where it's like when you create a YouTube channel or start a business or a podcast, it's you don't want to chase the money, mm -hmm. right? You want to chase the passion. And then if you do over a long enough period of time, the money will chase you. And if you just think about the money and just put that in like the back rear of your mirror and don't, like, don't really think about that, but just keep mm -hmm. grinding and just keep showing up and keep posting and keep being consistent, but do it from a place of passion and love, right? Because that is what will resonate with people. And again, this is sort of why I wanted to have you on the podcast again, because I, you know, I follow your channel. Um, I try to watch a video here and there when mm -hmm. I can. And I always see that like your your message not is not only just psychedelics, but there's also like this positivity, mm -hmm. there's this fulfillment, there's this open mindedness that you have. And and when I watch you speak, it it feels authentic to me. It's not like you're trying to make some bullshit video just just to try to get mm -hmm. metrics, right? I, I feel the authenticity from from like another content creator's perspective, and I think that 
especially for someone like well like you i i love that you have this grand vision of, of maybe being a shaman or or having like um, a psychedelic a facility when you, when you can provide these medicines to help people in a safe environment because like that is something i 100 percent believe in because even for me as a content creator i am a huge supporter of, of psychedelics because they have helped me in not just like personal ways but in creative ways like mm -hmm. my writing but my speaking my anxieties and even just creating content like man psychedelics it's like it's such an amazing thing but unfortunately it's like so demonized mm -hmm by the corporate world and demonized by the media and it's like I, I wish there was ways that we could we could get rid of mm -hmm. that right and then now that i hear that you have this grand vision <laughs> of, of being one of these people to promote these mm -hmm. concepts and medicines and, and lift this like lift this whole idea mm -hmm. up right it's it just sounds amazing to me and i hope that even though like the digital nomad is not a goal for you but i feel like it, once your channel can build and get going and then once the money chases mm -hmm. you then you can get rid of the the stupid day job and the yeah. waiter job and i can get rid of my crappy courier job and then we can just do what exactly. we love and i feel like that is what yeah. fulfillment is in the yeah. world right i mean fulfillment is found everywhere along the journey like to jo enjoy the journey is the most important part it's not about the goal it's it's not about the destination it's it's just like yeah what I was thinking about today while, while I was running uh, was really interesting. It's like this grand vision and this um, life purpose that I created for myself. I think uh, it's something, the, the vision and the, the meaning is something we, we create for ourselves uh, as a personality, as, as a human. Like overall, um, from, from the grander perspective of the absolute, it's it's meaningless everything is meaningless it's, it's just a play there's no meaning in any of it but uh what i was thinking about today is like this vision and this meaning the self-created meaning is what gives me the drive to move on and the the absolute knowing of of the understanding of the truth that everything is kind of it still doesn't matter in the end gives me this kind of ease in the back of my being it's like i can i can be I can thrive towards realizing that vision with with all I've got because this is what life is with the ease of of having um not to worry about anything because it's it doesn't matter in the end. Mm. Yeah, I like that. It's it's tough man. Like I I like I really resonated with that point where you said it's like the journey is just as important. It's not just about the destination, mm. right? And I feel like that concept is lost on, on so many people because everyone is, is thinking about you know getting monetized or getting the whatever youtube plaque or getting the you know the big contract or job or money like there's always like this focus on the materialistic end goal and there's you never appreciate the moment and, and the grind right and it's it's something that i i'm guilty of too myself because i'm always pushing right and i'm sure that you, you've seen some of the videos mm. that i talk about where i'm always promoting this idea of self-improvement right now and i want to find ways to get other people and i guess my target audience is more like younger men i guess like like in the 18 to 25 ish mm. range like i'm trying to target these these group of men that are just like getting addicted to video games getting addicted to social media getting addicted to netflix and just always you know, worrying about what they don't have and just get 
get in this niche of self-improvement where you can work on your mental health, you can work on your physical health, you can work on your mindset, and then you can figure out, you know, what do you want to do in this world? Like what makes you happy and, and enjoy the process of growth, right? And that for me is what's is so addicting is when I look back at my journey. And this is what I love about YouTube. I, I can look back at my yeah. videos from 2019 mm -hmm. and I can see like my face was thicker. I didn't speak as fluidly. You know, like there's all these like problems that I had in the past where I'm like, wow, okay, so that was where I was then and this is where I am now. Okay, what am I going to be like in 2025, right? And, and that process, that progression is something that I love. And it's like an idea that I want to promote with, with other, um, not just content creators, but like other people. And maybe that's like the type of community that I'm trying yeah. to build. Sort of similar to yours, but not yeah, quite the and same. Yeah, that's beautiful right? to have that target audience to to know what you're doing and i i like your your videos you tried out shorts um like for a few months now right how's that going because <laughs> i don't i don't know what i think about shorts <laughs> it's interesting I, I thought like two or three okay. or four of them like popped up and got like kind of taken on from the algorithm but the other ones were like not so much uh, because uh, on, on one of my german channels i I'm doing with my friend uh, we were also trying out these shorts and um, they're they're not working at all on YouTube but for example on Instagram or in TikTok they're like some of them just blow up and it's it's interesting to to observe that yeah so let, let me give you um, some uh, some information about why because this is very important and I, and I talked about this um, during one of my live streams there's another guy, another content creator who was on this podcast and um, he was like, hey, man, how come you're making shorts now? And, and I, so I shared this story and, and I love I love to share information that cannot just help me, but help other people. And I hate this this idea of, of competition where you don't want to share some information about YouTube because someone else might succeed and you won't. I, I hate that. I hate that like negative way of thinking. But so what happened is I have two friends um, that are very successful on YouTube. Um, both have over 100,000 subscribers. One is one of my best friends I've known from elementary school. And another was a kid from New York who came on my podcast with 1,000 subscribers. And then the, a month later, he blew up to mm. like 100,000. So I have these two people in my inner circle that I talk to about YouTube and stuff. And... My best friend, he got invited to the, Sam the Samsung Galaxy event in New York. And it was hosted by YouTube and those content creators, Colin and Samir. I don't know if you know those guys. But they hosted this event um, centered around the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra phone. And so he went and I saw one of his Snap, his Instagram Snapchats. And not Snapchat, Instagram. What's that? Stories? Yeah, uh, it's a story. story? Uh -huh. Yes, a story. And it was him in the audience and he was recording Colin and Samir um, speaking on the stage. And then right beside his story was my other friend Ryan's story. And I clicked his. And it was the exact same thing of Colin and Samir talking on stage in this in this um, event. and But they were just in different angles in the audience. And so naturally, I wanted to talk to them after. Oh, how was the YouTube event, right? And so they went with the intention that, okay, this is going to be about YouTube, about the growth, you know, about analytics. And 99% of the event was all about YouTube shorts. Everything. Everything was about YouTube shorts. Like 
that's all YouTube was talking about. And then there was sponsors and companies there. And all they wanted to talk about was just YouTube shorts. And my, my two friends were talking. They're like, I thought that this was a YouTube convention. Like, this feels like a YouTube <laughs> shorts convention. And what happened is there, because of TikTok, there is this unbelievable demand for short form vertical mm -hmm. content that's under a minute. And in business is a very basic idea. When there's something that has very high demand, but very low supply, that is a market you need to get into. And, it, and it's a stupid business decision not to. And so everyone was talking about shorts. And there was like this 19, 20, 21 year old kids there that had like millions and millions of subscribers. And all of them said this one thing. They're like, post um, four, no, post 120 shorts in a month. So post four videos every single day and watch what it does to your channel. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not gonna make four shorts every single day. And they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. You make one short, you post it onto YouTube, post it onto Instagram Reels, you post it on the TikTok and you post it onto Facebook. Those are mm -hmm. four separate videos. And you just make one every single day for a month and then just do it, watch what will happen. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine, I'll try it. I, I don't like shorts, I uh -huh. hate shorts, I'll try it. So I tried it last month. So for 30 days, I made one short every single day and I posted it everywhere. And on my YouTube channel, I normally get like 200 views a day. So maybe 6,000, 7,000 views and like with a normal content. And last month I hit like well over 30,000. I hit records for views, records for watch time. I hit records for total subscribe, like everything. It just, it all just blew up. It's because there's a huge, huge demand. And especially for niches like ours, because the vertical format, it's like, the popular things are comedy and dancing and I guess music, right? There's not much in the form of motivational speeches or inspirational quotes or like self-improvement. Like the, that niche market, there's, the supply is like nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to fill that need in the market. And I just started trying it. And I actually <laughs> love it because it's like this new challenge for me. It's not just these super long form content videos. And I got like all this amazing mm -hmm. feedback, especially during my live stream. People are like, oh man, I love your new short videos. Every day I wake up and I have like a little <laughs> 20 second, 30 second clip of you giving me some motivation to start my day. And I'm like, wow, nice. really? And it's because like the younger generation, they, like they love the short form content. If you go into your analytics, you'll see that, well, I don't know for you, but for me, it's like more than 60% of my viewership comes from mobile mm -hmm. phones or 70% of the viewership. Like everything comes from your, from yeah. a phone, right? So wouldn't it make sense to try to try the YouTube short stuff? And so from a business point of view, even though I don't like the content, but like from a business point of view, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And by trying it every day for a month, <laughs> now I just love it. And I'm like, oh man, I love this whole shorts because it also gives me it also kind of gives me a hedge because we can do this, <clears throat> like this podcast, and I can do my live stream where it's very long, long form content. We can tell stories and get our ideas across. We can go back and forth. And it's completely mm -hmm. different than when I make a short and I got to make it 15 seconds or 20. Like it's, it works like a different yeah. part of your creative brain. And I really love the variety. So now whenever I, whenever I, tell any of my content creator friends i'm like try it try shorts like try youtube shorts it's like a huge market that like it can only mm -hmm. benefit you right it can only it can do like amazing things for your channel and 
it's something that I highly recommend trying, even if you were like me and it's not something yeah. that you'd like to That's do. That's what I found too. Like, for example, for my English channel, I, I decided not to try shorts because it's just like not fitting the kind of format that I that I'm doing right now. So I, I think I'm continuing not to do that on that one. But what I found for, for the German channels is also it's fun to make those <laughs> like good edited shorts that are like kind of a little bit with, with a little bit of attention, with a little bit of information and packing that information into those 60 seconds. Um, it's interesting because it's not as deep as I want it to be, but it, it can be quite entertaining and also fun just to work a little bit and then you have like this finished product of a short that you can upload everywhere and it's uh it's amazing yeah it's it's uh, i don't know what to think mm -hmm. of it but it's fun and maybe i'll try the challenge uh with like uploading every single day for a month um and seeing what what it does to the channel because like kind of the the german channel where i do yeah, like this uh, outdoor comedy content with a friend it's kind of frozen or stagnant it hit this kind of um, level we were also like on a break for i don't know a few months because i was gone and he tried to keep alive but it was not just working and now we're just like kind of more losing subscribers than gaining subscribers even though our content is way 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 more um uh but, um uh what's the word it's way more um it's just better like from the editing and the filming and whatever um, than my, my English channel. My English channel, I'm just going for the camera. I'm speaking authentically yeah. from my heart, sharing experiences, and it's just blowing up. And there we're like scripting everything. We're editing 30, 40 hours of video, and it's just like not doing a lot. And um, yeah, it's interesting. But with the shorts, that's what we're trying to... Yeah, it's tough, man, because you got to have like, you got to sort of have like a balance, right? You, you want content creation mm -hmm. to be fun. You you want it to be enjoyable too, right? But also, like for me, like I have, I have no problem saying this, but like one of my biggest goals, and, I, and I'm huge on goals. I write down goals in my journal every day. I have like daily goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, and, and like a life goal. And I've had this one goal for so long where i just want to buy a house for my family and i want to have a basement and i want to build a mm -hmm. youtube studio and from that studio i just want to do work that i love even if it makes no money i don't give a shit i just want to do podcasts i want to talk to interesting people i want to expand my mindset i want to do live streams i just want to have a space where i can do what i love and that's it and in order to get that, you know, finances and money play it plays a huge part in that. So I'm, I, I really enjoy entrepreneurship and business. Like I read a lot of books about business, right? But I'm still very careful to try to balance it out. And it's it's crazy because I I got the house. Like I, we just got the house, and where I am right now, I'm in my basement. Right. And this is gonna be like this, this like studio, and it was years mm -hmm. of hard work, of years of writing down. Like I want. To, and you know what I used to do? I would drive to like these neighborhoods that I mm. want to live in. And I would push my daughter, who was like a newborn um, at the time, down the sidewalk. And we look at these houses and I tell my wife, like, I want to live in this neighborhood. Like, we're going to mm -hmm. live here in five years. And, you know, we had like no money. We had like a sh shitty house. We had a shitty townhouse that mm. had no air conditioning and it had no central heating. And it was like 60 years old and, and we, were, we were struggling. We didn't have any money. Like, it just... 
it was so hard, but I had this goal that this life goal. I just wanted to achieve it like so bad. I just want to do work that I love, right? And find a way to, and it's not even like, I don't even want to make like a million dollars. Like if I could just make like, I don't know, 40,000 or something to get rid of my day job and just, just do this. Like that would make me so happy, right? To just do something that I want to do. But my, my goals are very, very specific. I know exactly what I want to do. I know exactly where I want to live and I know exactly what I want to do, the type of work for, for the rest of my life. And so I, I play or I think about the, the business of YouTube a lot. And that's why like I'm, I'm huge on this idea of doing things that puts you outside of your comfort zone and makes you grow, which is why I started this podcast and which is why I started the live stream because those are so much more difficult than hiding behind your video editing software. You can hit record and, and if you misspeak or mess up, you can just edit it out, right? Yeah, it's fine. No worries. But this, like th this podcast, mm -hmm. I don't edit it. I don't cut anything out. Like what we say now, if I misspeak, if I say something stupid, if I slur my words or if I interrupt you too much, it's in yeah. there, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to see those mistakes and it's going to kill me. Like it's going to, like it just eats a hole in my heart. But it forces me to adapt and it forces me to grow and it forces me to improve. And the, these are things that I think are just, just so important, especially for content creators that like maybe if you could do more things that are difficult and, and maybe try the YouTube shorts or try the live stream or make a second channel or, you know, just try a bunch of different things that makes you uncomfortable. Then you can maybe grow this amazing business where you don't have to rely on the corporate world and rely on some other boss to tell you what to do or to give you a paycheck. And I feel like that is, it, it's, it's huge for, for anyone that, you know, wants to have that type of freedom in their life. And for me, that's something that I'm mm -hmm. just striving. Exactly. For. That's what I'm striving to uh, I gotta share with you a little, a little secret. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's not good to share, but uh, <clears throat> I, I um, a building. I'm like starting to build a building block of a bigger picture thing right now. It's just like the beginning of a beginning of a beginning of um, a course I want to create. I wanna. I wanna publish. I wanna. Oh, do it! Do it! Do it! Do it! And it's it's crazy like just uh now i started and it's like even with the with the reality check of my travels and this ayahuasca retreat i was just so humbled and so i just realized like how much i'm just at the beginning of psychedelic exploration i'm just at the beginning of getting to know myself on these deeper levels journeying to these deeper realms facing death and just like so much stuff that that I'm just at the very beginning it so I'm humbled with that and so I'm just like I want to create the best comprehensive course about I don't know psychedelic preparation and integration that's out there that has ever existed and that will ever exist and that's a huge 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 project it's just it's not just a project just to make a living or to make some money but it's like now it's a, a project of the heart that I focus on and i'm just beginning to now i'm just beginning to study cellular neurobiology just to understand how psychedelics work on the brain just like shit, shit i i don't want to do <laughs> i don't want to learn this stuff it's hard it's hard for me to learn to sit down and to study that stuff but i i gotta grow myself and grow my knowledge to to get into the position of being able to share everything in a comprehensive manner in a course that I want to create. 
so that's a little side project that I'm doing um, besides like following along with my with my life purpose of like a psychedelic facilitation and and doing that kind of stuff yeah and I don't oh, know that's awesome yeah dude. maybe I, it's gonna I, I take like two three four years I, I have so many uh, like ideas of what to implement and what I could implement there and it's like a big project even just like um implementing interviews with shamans from all around the world i gotta work my nine to five jobs go travel to those places to get the interviews to put them into the course or whatever i don't know how it's gonna unfold yet but like so many great ideas of of how to do it and i'm gonna buy every single course that's kind of similar um, there are actually aren't that many in that area in that niche but uh, i'm gonna buy every single one no, no matter how many thousands of euros it's cost just to look and look what's in there look how, how they've done it look um what's missing look how the reviews are just to create the best possible thing for for the world just to be of service in in that niche and uh, yeah that's a, a little little side project i i'm a little goal that i'm working on oh i love uh, it man <laughs> No, that's good. Like creating a course is, it, it's such a smart idea because if, if you think about what we do as content creators, it's almost as if we're educators, but we're teachers, right? Because think about like a teacher at a school, they're, you know, they're at the front of the room, they're, they're projecting their voice towards students, you know, they're telling them things, they're teaching them things. We're basically doing the exact same thing to our camera lenses, right? We're, we're, we're a form of education where we're helping people, right? But that's assuming if it comes from a place of authenticity, which, you know, for, from you, like with the whole psychedelic stuff, for sure. If all of a sudden you made a course talking about like NASCAR or, or something, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, right? But if, if you're making a course about like psychedelics and how to use it and, and dosages and what to expect and what you what experiences that you've gone through, like that alone is so valuable. Because even for someone like me, like I am an extreme novice when it, when it comes to psychedelics. You know, I, I, I'm a huge supporter. I'm, I am a consumer as well. But in terms of what I know and my knowledge, I don't know anything, dude. Like, I, I, like the knowledge that I have is, is like nothing. I can't tell if this mushroom is good or what type of mushroom is that. Oh, this is golden teacher. You can tell by the spots <laughs> on it. Okay, I've, like, I don't know anything. Like literally I know nothing. It's because it's so hard to get that like type of knowledge or, or guide that's trustworthy. But if you make a course like that and it comes from your authentic self, from a place of passion and love, and your audience can see that, like, oh man, I feel like that that would be that would be so valuable. Even just like showing people, like, okay, this is a microdose, this is what you can expect. This is a normal dose. This is like what you might want to expect. Maybe you want to sit here. And this is a heroic dose. Like, this is where you need to be very careful. You need to have all these things and blah 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 blah. Because no one mm. teaches you these things, right? You can't. No one teaches you that. Oh, if you take a five gram mushroom trip, you probably you might need a sitter because you might go. <laughs> ape shit and wander yeah. out in the street or something right like no yeah. one tells you these type of things so i feel like if you make a course centered around like your passion man i feel like that's such a good thing to do not just mm -hmm. like a business sense like business it's very smart to do that but just from like you know doing something that you love and, and from coming from your authentic self i feel like that's mm -hmm. such a good decision yeah. to do and it's uh, it's humbling just to realize how much and just the very 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 beginning it's so crazy like how because it's psychedelics especially it's such a vast field you know and, and the the kind of experiences that you could have are so 
like complex and flexible and it's just such a variety such complexity in in them i'm just reading a, a book from from stanislav grof now who, who's, who's done like hundreds of um high dose lsd therapy sessions and he's describing crazy oh. experiences <laughs> from his patients and what people experience that i i have never even ex touched on experienced uh, in in my psychedelic journeys so it's it's interesting and, and i gotta be really like cautious and careful of how to go about it because it's such a uh yeah a complex field and a kind of new topic for for research and for sharing information and also it could like cause harm to some people um yeah yeah that's true it could if, if someone doesn't know how to um you know properly use the, the medication but ha aside from the um, the course, have you thought about starting a newsletter? No, not yet. Chance? I mean, I'm gonna too when when I'm uh, do it when I'm like working on the course. I'm gonna like everything is gonna build so slowly, like building the website, maybe even building building a blog, doing a newsletter. Or you think I could do a newsletter without a website? Because first I gotta I gotta like have the idea for the website, I think, and and create the website and like have my, my goal now is to focus fully on that course to just have something in my hands that's what i read too about in a business book it's like first first you gotta like have the the product and like kind of prove that the product works before you get get a, go out and have the the audience i mean having the audience and the marketing is good like uh on the on that side but uh for example now i'm also thinking about like okay when i talk in my videos like where people can go like at the end of the video okay you can join my facebook group you can follow me on instagram you can like whatever now i i just created a, a paypal so you you can donate via paypal it's like those are the calls to action but i don't have the course yet so if a video blows up long term it doesn't contain the information of me having the course so that's kind of unfortunate so I want to have something and then maybe start on and go on with the newsletter, the website and promoting it on, on the YouTube channel. Yeah, there, I, I'm big on the newsletter because I heard this piece of advice once. It's that even if you are a content creator, you, you're still never truly going to be free because you're still mm -hmm. going to rely on these platforms. And one of the smartest business decisions you can make is to create a newsletter because if you think about like, I don't know, MySpace or Vine or even like Snapchat, these are all trendy social media platforms that came, they're really popular mm -hmm. and now they're gone. And even though I'm extremely bullish on YouTube, I feel like YouTube is a future, but there's still no guarantee that it mm -hmm. could be here five years, 10 years, or even 20 years from now, right? These social media platforms could go away, mm -hmm. right? They, they could disappear. Or what if they decide, oh, we're not gonna allow videos mm -hmm. talking about psychedelics anymore we're going to demonetize and ban them all then like you're yeah. going to get screwed over right and so in business one of the best things you you should do is you don't have to build a website but just start mm -hmm. the newsletter and start collecting mm -hmm. people's emails because then there is no third party yeah. like blocking that inter interaction right so i what i did i started the newsletter 
and I've only done like four or five of them. And it's just easy. You can just write about whatever and slowly people will subscribe. And now you have that connection with if YouTube were to go away or Instagram or any of these platforms, I still have this connection to my core audience where YouTube or Google or Facebook, they could never take that away from me now because I own that direct connection to my people. Whereas if YouTube canceled my account and I, now I can't reach my 2000 subscribers anymore, right? And so this one, and not just one person, but I've heard so many times is collect mm -hmm. the emails, start the newsletter or start the website. And then it, you don't have to mm -hmm. have the course. You can just be like, all right, guys, I'm starting um, my biweekly or monthly newsletter. And I'll talk about um, future video ideas that might come up or maybe future streams where I might talk about um, what type of mushroom I'm going to try next month or this DMT mm -hmm. trip that I might like. You can talk about anything. And I feel like you, you start it now and you can slowly build up that skill because mm -hmm. newsletters just like YouTube in the beginning, it's going to be shit. It's going to suck. You're going to have, no one's going to read it. Right. But if you just keep doing it, keep mm -hmm. doing it, you'll, you're going to keep get, getting better and better and better. And then when you have the course, mm -hmm. you can promote it in yeah. your newsletter and it goes directly to your people. Right. And I feel like that's one of the best things in business is, is to start the newsletter. And there's ways that you can do it for free. You, you, mm -hmm. you don't have to do it like how I did it. I, I got a Squarespace account. I paid for hosting. I paid for all this shit, right? Because, and but that's because I have this bigger dream where I I'm, I want to write a book. Like I want to write a book and I want to sell like an audio book where I speak um, and where I talk or I read it. And I want to sell like the PDF or .mobi file. Like these are things that I want to own on my website that I sell to my people where no one else can control any, mm -hmm. any of that traffic. Right. And so like you, you could do that too, if you want, or you can just start like a free one, but I highly recommend like just start the newsletter and build those connections where you don't rely on the social yeah, media. Thanks platforms. for the recommendation. I've read it too in, in many business books and I've heard it from many, many people now. Maybe it's time to start. Yeah. Because it, especially with those psychedelics, it's, um, possible it's highly possible and it already happened to a bunch of channels that they are demonetized banned or even uh deleted like it's it's definitely a possibility <laughs> yeah and also like think about think about youtube youtube and all these platforms are mm -hmm. in big tech and big tech is like super progressive super liberal they want equality people complain about stuff they shut it down so it's like you walk like a very fine line because things are very sensitive on, on the left side of politics, especially with big tech companies where it's like, you know, they're they're really against like anything with kids, right? With kids, you instantly get demonetized. And like I've had videos where I had I had pictures of myself as a child. Like these are my pictures of me and YouTube automatically wow, disables yeah. the comment section. Like I, I had no choice. They just automatically it's disabled. They don't allow any comments on videos that sh show kids. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not showing a picture of myself in a negative light. It's just me as a child mm -hmm. in Bermuda smiling, but it's, it's on camera, but nope. Instantly comments all blocked and it mm -hmm. gets flagged right away about a video about kid, about children. <laughs> and I'm like, ay, 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 that's a little, that's like a little rough. Right. And even yesterday I got flagged again for oh. making a video titled, um, create a hundred shitty videos and the intent is start a YouTube channel, make a hundred shitty videos and you'll get better over time. But I got flagged because I used the mm -hmm. word shitty, 
right? And it's like, oh, advertisers don't like profanity. So mm-hmm. this video is going to be limited monetization. <laughs> like the word shitty? Yeah. Really? Come on. <laughs> like, am I hurting someone's feelings with that? So I'm like, I'm very wary, even though like I love YouTube. I love social media. Like I'm, I'm a huge supporter. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I need to make sure that at the end of the day, some form of this is what I own 100%, right? This is like the podcast is something I own, right? The, the live stream, I can do it anywhere. And the newsletter mm-hmm. and the website is mine. Like it's mine and Google doesn't own any part of that. And no matter what happens, I'll always have that thing, right? That, that I can do and reach out to my people. And um, it's something that, and like, like you said, a lot of business people, a lot of content creators, you know, say start the newsletter, but like do it. Just do it, dude. Like, just just start the newsletter, no matter how shit it is in the beginning. And mm-hmm. trust me, you you won't yeah, regret thanks. it. <laughs> I know, man. I want I want to see the I want to see the psychedelic actualization course uh, being promoted yeah. in your newsletter. Let's go. I'll be your first. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll be your first reader. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> let me know when you make it. You're gonna get the course for free, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I would legit want to like, not not just because I'm talking to you. Like, if there was like a, I'll, this is this is what I use whenever I, I do mushrooms. There's this post on Reddit where this guy wrote this huge paragraph. We labeled like half a gram trip, one gram, and and he wrote like a little paragraph for each dosage, and he talked about like what you will expect and if you need to sit or if you're, you'll experience ego death. Or if you're going to experience hallucinations and he kind of like went into detail and, and described each dose. And I found that like super informative for mm. someone like me who's like a noob. I'm basically a noob, right? I'm a, I'm a recreational user uh, that likes to expand my mind and use uh, mushrooms and microdosing to help my writing and creativity, right? But at the end of the day, I have nowhere near the knowledge that like that you have, for example. Right? I, I don't know any of this stuff. And something as simple as a little chart like that from Reddit, it's so beneficial for me because I've mm-hmm. gone back to it like 20, mm-hmm. 30. I, like I've, I haven't saved the, I haven't bookmarked the site, but I have that. I know exactly how to find it. And I feel like if you have that for mm-hmm. ayahuasca or DMT or LSD or mushrooms or marijuana or whatever, like even just that core simple idea alone in the form of education, it would be so beneficial yeah. to so many people. That's what I plan to do. So I think we don't have that much time left. I mean, we're talking like one and a half hours now. What, what do you want to talk about? Like you, you want to hear about some psychedelic experiences or oh, more okay. about the trails or yeah, yeah, more yeah. about YouTube, self-improvement, philosophy, spirituality. It's so much to talk about. I mean, uh, uh, we could, we could talk hear. about <laughs> I know, dude. hours on end. We could talk so much, I think. <laughs> I, have a, I have a heroic, a mushroom trip that I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to you about one day. It was like I, I experienced um, not only ego death, but I, I experienced like the death of a child in wow. the form of my daughter. And even though I know that it wasn't real, it was part of the experience. But in the moment, mm-hmm. you can't distinguish reality and what's not real. And that pain, mm-hmm. it hit me so hard. Like I started like mm-hmm. bawling my eyes out, right? And it's wild because I was sitting on a on a dock by the water with, with three other guys and some lady came by and a boat was like waving and pointing at me if I was okay. And I was just like, mm-hmm. like tripping my balls off, right? But it was like, 
man like there was like one of the first times i had like a, a true heroic mm. dose where i i couldn't tell that it's not real but even though even though the experience like now even though right now i know it wasn't real i know it never happened i know my daughter's upstairs right now i can hear her walking around but i'm never gonna mm. lose that feeling of what it's like to lose a child mm. and i felt that and it's that feeling i know what it feels like because i i believed it i thought it was real in the moment and i was like holy shit like this was like one of the most transformative moments i i've ever had with with mushroom because it made me like really appreciate mm -hmm. um being a father right and being really appreciate my, my daughter more and i was like every father out there i'm like they need to do um a heroic dose of mushrooms i feel like that'll mm -hmm. make you a better parent right and that was like one of the most life transformative um moments i've ever had and i planned on making a video about it because i wrote down in my phone like a, like a trip report right mm -hmm. after i was coming down i wrote down everything and i went into like the mushroom underworld and there was these mushroom deities like chanting at me and judging me for being a bad wow. father like it was dark dude it mm -hmm. was freaking dark like and i wrote down like a huge paragraph um, and i got about three quarters of the trip down for whatever reason the, the end the come down i think i might have just like lost my mind and i just might have forgot writing it down but i have mm -hmm. i have the the trip report written in, in my phone and i, and I want to talk about that in a, yeah. in a video so maybe when i do yeah, i'll, I'll sure. send it I'm to gonna, you i'm gonna see uh, it it sounds <laughs> intense it sounds intense because in those experiences <clears throat> it feels so real and it is real that that is the reality that you're experiencing in that moment and that is it's intense and it's sometimes it's so dark and hardcore so and and some of those experiences mm -hmm. i mean it sounds like you've kind of integrated those this intense experience and it made you kind of more compassionate maybe towards um, other parents and like yeah it, it taught you a lot about yourself and maybe even the appreciation that your daughter is alive but it also it put you face to face with with the fear of losing your daughter um, at such a young age maybe and it's it's so many facets of those dark experiences that at first or in the experience itself it it seems traumatizing and and dark and and negative but um on retrospect and when we when we look at it when we write everything down and then we try to integrate it and we we kind of can start to to see the lessons and integrate the lessons that this experience um, has taught us and that is what is bringing on this this transformation in us wow intense thanks for sharing mm -hmm. crazy yeah man mm -hmm. but you, you know what i'm talking about though right where it's like you you don't you can't distinguish between reality and what's not but because the experience is in the moment you believe it a hundred percent and you believe it with, with with all your heart even though the experience wasn't real it still doesn't change the fact that you know what that feeling feels like you, do you know what um, i mean you know what yeah. i'm trying to say and i i even disagree i i think from from my perspective what i what i believe is that those experiences are real even though now after this experience your daughter's life in this moment she was she was dead for you that's like you were convinced and you were experiencing that truth and that reality so i had a, i had a similar thing um in, in my ayahuasca ceremony where i was convinced that i was dying right now it's so like 
out of the context of the ceremony. I forgot that I took ayahuasca. I forgot that I was in that ceremony room with the shaman. Oh, no. Whatever. I forgot that I, everything. I forgot everything. And then there was just this moment of truth of like, okay, you're going to die right now. And, and here, like, do whatever you want. Like, handle it now. <laughs> and then I was going through through the motions, like, four hours. And I was convinced that I was dying. Like, 100% convinced. And... Um, it's intense and it was it was also traumatizing for me and then yeah in those experiences it it is kind of so real and i i believe it is the reality that we're experiencing and then yeah Yeah, you know it feels like reality for me because it still affects me to this day like if if i have a, a moment where my daughter does something and she throws or breaks something or makes a mess or like whatever. Like say she does something and it annoys me or pisses me off. I still remember like you need to be thankful for what you have because it could be mm-hmm. taken away from you in, in like such a split second. And, and it's weird because I was paranoid after the mushroom trip. Like when I would go to the grocery store with, with mm-hmm. my daughter, I was always looking around. I was like, well, was looking around at other guys. I'm like, is, is there any like child kidnappers here is there any like child molester mm-hmm. like it was crazy like my mindset as a parent it just went from like it went mm-hmm. from like zero to like a thousand like it just went full parental um, reptile brain where you just want to protect your young and it was very, it was a very strange experience because it affected me mm-hmm. after the trip and after the trip was done it still stuck mm-hmm. with me and i still have these thoughts from time to time as, as a parent and it's like it, it's it's so interesting because like like i said like it it happened in the past but mm-hmm. it's still like a teacher it's like it's like a reminder to yeah. me to like to be it's better a, you know be a good father yeah. be a be a better dad it's right? constant it's, it's constant an ongoing reminder. integration that's what i had with this ayahuasca ceremony too because i always always thought on like on my journey like death was never like a topic for me and then in this experience, I was face to face with my fear of death. And I was never aware of my fa- fear of death. I was like, I'm, I'm okay with dying right now. It's like, I, I lived so, so much. I enjoyed, I, I had so many nice experiences, even though I'm young. I, I would be fine with dying right now. That was my point of view. And then Ayahuasca was like, oh, you're, you're really fine with, with dying right now. Okay, here's the situation. You're dying right now. And then I was face to face with the reality that ah, oh, there's a fear of death. I gotta, um, I gotta work through. Okay, thank you for showing me my fear of death. It was terrifying. It was horrible. Oh, it, was, it was such an intense uh, experience. And now I know, I still have, have like, when I, when I think about that, that ayahuasca ceremony, I have like a, a feeling of fear in my heart that I was like, okay, first, maybe I gotta go and and work a little bit on my fear of death and then i can go into these higher ceremonies again that's also the the point where i stepped back a little bit from the psychedelics which i was never thought i i do because i was always pushing a little bit further pushing a little bit further pushing a little bit further to explore those realms and i was like uh, in the mindset of ah i i have such a strong mind i have such a, a deep ability to surrender and that is still the case but this ayahuasca ceremony showed me it's like oh okay like go slowly it's like because i was i was there and i was there to push the boundaries i was there of to see how far i could go and that was the point where i was like okay 
even at, at one point in the ceremony, I was like, I'm never going to do psychedelics ever again in my life. This is too much for me. I said, no, 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 no. This is way too crazy. This is way too intense. This is way too real. No, 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 no. And, and then after a few days, I was like, ah, okay, okay. I'm going down. It's like, oh. But it, it, uh, it it put it humbled me so much like doubling my path it's like because I, I was going to this ayahuasca retreat with the um, with the intention of like oh maybe i'm gonna volunteer there maybe i'm gonna work for this retreat see how it is to provide for the medicine see how it is to to do hundreds of ceremonies just to to journey deeper and and whatever and it's like <laughs> after the seventh night i was like okay Eight, eight ceremonies, 14 days done, ciao. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be off into whatever. It's like, <laughs> maybe I'm going to come back. It's, and now still, like, I'm at home and I've got uh, the desire kind of to, to go into high-dose mushroom ceremonies, high-dose LSD ceremonies, DMT breakthroughs, 5-MeO-DMT salvia. But I haven't even touched the higher doses and the, the deeper dimensions yet because... Even though, like, even when I smoke a little bit of DMT sometimes, I sometimes I get reminded of being on the edge of, of like, this letting go into death and and then this kind of terror of the experience of the ayahuasca comes, comes back. And it's, like, so interesting that this traumatizing experience that was terrifying and horrible in and of itself... Um, is now I, I don't see it as a negative experience. I see it as a positive, valuable experience that has shown me my fear of death and my my doubt of going deeper into these journeys. And it's something that I can work on now. It's something that I can integrate. So I just bought the Tibetan Book of the Dead just to to see like what well, okay what is that that thing oh, death Jesus. all about like what is what is it all about? Yikes. And like study it, integrate it, <laughs> and then slowly journey deeper again but it it also reminded me again and again it, it happens again and again but this was the most intense reminder of like okay gotta stay humble gotta like put everything and to practice practice surrender to to the point where you can let go everything and letting go everything is it was so hard for me letting go of my whole life of my existence was so so horrible and i think now in retrospect i i did a good job of letting go into the feeling of in, into the experience of death but um but uh, at one point i was like uh, a point was reached where i was like no okay <laughs> till here not not further it's like I, I lost kind of i was losing consciousness in the experience um and that in the context of, of dying right now and it was so terrifying. That was the point where I couldn't fully surrender into it. I was like, okay, stop right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can be aware of dying for the next four hours, no problem, but please let me be aware of my death. Like, I, I don't want to lose consciousness because that would mean death, right? And that was the, the um, jump I couldn't do. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna try to do in the future it's it's terrifying but so so interesting because that is like as, as joseph campbell said it's like the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek it's like yeah yeah i love that quote. oh it's like, wow the cave you fear right. holds the treasure yeah, you it's seek. it's like the Jesus. fears we gotta look into that's where where the the answer lies because on the other side i think 
Yeah, I don't know what's on the other side, but what I've experienced uh, and a couple of experiences on the other side is just truth and love and goodness and peace. And mm-hmm. that is like the ultimate. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. That's crazy, bro. That you fear, the fear of death. You know what's, what's crazy about that? I used to always have an active fear of death because I always wanted... Mm-hmm. I love life, right? Like I love conversations and people and friends and family. Like I love everything. I, and I don't want to miss out on any these more possible experiences we have. But I remember like I heard a quote from Confucius once and he said that all men have two lives. And the second one starts when mm-hmm. we realize you only have one, right? And I was like, holy shit. Like that's that's so true. We just have one life, right? And when it ends, it ends, right? And the best thing that you can do is just, again, be present, enjoy the journey and just enjoy everything mm-hmm. as you can and don't mm-hmm. fear it, right? As best you can. Like try not to fear death. And it was something that I actively was always scared of. I was always, man, always, when am I going to die? But now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Just when it happens, it happens and just live mm-hmm. out the journey and just love every day. And that's try yeah. how I try to live my life. Exactly. Now, or at gratitude. Least gratitude is just a key point. Uh, I realize that my journey is over and over again. Um, yeah, I did a little 5-MEO ceremony, 5-MEO DMT ceremony, the, the toad venom. And it was just a very light experience. And I was just like on my knees crying because of the gratitude for being alive. It's It's like... And also I was I was feeling uh, kind of ashamed uh, because on my travels, like on, on a couple of weeks or, or locations, I was not grateful. I was not present. I was like always on the urge of like seeing, going further, going into the future. Oh, when are we going to be in the Amazon? It's going to be great. Then we were there. Oh, when we're going to be there, it's going to be great. Oh, when we're going to be there, it's going to be great. But never really present and grateful. I mean also that but sometimes not and that experience just unfolded and and made me cry out so much uh, in in the love of life and in in just like this feeling of gratitude is so important just to be present and grateful for every experience for the highs and the lows the peaks and the valleys for just everything and that yeah that gratitude i carry that on and i try to integrate it and practice it every day just to be grateful for for existence mm-hmm. yeah yeah i keep um mm-hmm. i keep a gratitude journal um and like not every day but like generally every day i like to write down uh, like my goals for the day my to-do list for the day and my what's my one big goal for my life and then under that i write like a really simple mm-hmm. today i am grateful for yeah and then i fill in the blank right and I was always like, what's the point of this? This seems kind of silly. Because it always kept being the same thing. Well, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful. But then you realize it's like, you know, I'm grateful to be alive. Right? I'm grateful to have friends that are alive. I'm grateful that my parents are alive. And then it's like, man, because some people don't have that. Right. And then if you don't mm-hmm. practice gratitude, then you just mm-hmm. take everything in your life for granted. Yeah. If you never think about it, right? And I was like, man, I gotta keep, I gotta keep doing the gratitude journal because I made a video on it as like a thirty-day mm-hmm. challenge, like just for, you know, just to try it out. But I was like, man, this is so beneficial, and it was something it that is. to this day I still do when, um, on a re- yeah. regular basis. And when you practice it's, it, it's you huge, get better right? at it, and and then you you uh, kind of go a little bit further, and you're like, okay, 
I, I, I'm grateful for family, friends, and and then I was like, oh, I'm grateful for for this flower right here. I'm grateful for the smell of of uh, the flower. I'm grateful for the sound of the bees, and and then you you practice and you get into the mastery of it, and you notice more little things uh, that you also take for granted most of the time, and you you appreciate them, and you not just write down that you're grateful for it, but also you kind of try to tap into the feeling of it of feeling the gratitude in your in your body and in your mind and in your soul and that's like when when the real magic happens for me mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah you know, you know what's funny too it's like i remember one one day my gratitude journal like it almost cured my road rage I remember one day i was like oh i'm grateful that i have a car <laughs> that i can just drive to my work mm -hmm. i don't have to walk because it would take an hour and then I was like in my car driving to work. I'm like, I was like super chill for mm -hmm. some reason. Guys were cutting me off and dudes weren't signaling. It was like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, normally I'd be raging, right? I'd be like, oh, what the heck is wrong with you? But then I was just like super mellow because in that morning I was like practicing gratitude. I'm yeah. grateful that, you know, it's so easy. I just get in a car, 20 exactly. minutes, I'm at work. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. I have it so, so good, right? So now I'm like, I use that again as a like a little reminder you know when someone cuts me off on the highway and i want to rage mm -hmm. just just let it go right does this let those bigger things in life and it's like again every day you know practicing mm -hmm. gratitude writing it down it's it's like huge man it, it's it's i never and i never thought that gratitude would be a big thing like i know lifting weights exercise meditation like fat like i know all these things but i'm like gratitude Mm -hmm. that's gonna make a change in my mm -hmm. life really i thought it was bullshit to be perfectly honest but i'm like nah, now it i does. do it every day it, like, it works does. it works dude. <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's awesome all right dude i got to um end the pod soon i got a book mm -hmm. and i got some uh, family stuff to do but uh let's make uh let's make the podcast like a yearly yeah. thing man I, I love i love our conversations about um about life and also so in between much so much happens <laughs> right i can like see the growth yeah. in you and then you see the yeah. changes in me like it's just like a cool thing and i also love to promote other content mm. creators work that i believe in and your your channel is one that you, you like I, even to be perfectly honest mm. i don't watch it all the time i don't follow all the videos you know but when i do i see the love i see the passion i, I see the authenticity and i hope that one day that this podcast can grow or blow up and then i can use this platform to promote the content creators yeah. that i care about and the ones that i love Thanks. and you're Appreciate definitely one of them bro i'm also gonna post this on my community tab just supporting each other just having this conversation just like sharing insights, life lessons and experiences. It's, it's so amazing. Just like the conversation in and of itself is valuable for the both of us and then hopefully for somebody else too. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, thanks man, appreciate it. <laughs> All right, I love it. All right. All right guys, check out Virgo's channel. It's a psychedelic actualization on YouTube. I think you have an Instagram page and a Facebook group as well. So everyone that's uh, listening to this or watching, go follow your boy. I love his videos and his work is awesome. So uh, thanks dude, this was Thank great you. chatting and we'll do it again. Mm -hmm.